Yeah, there you go. Chant for her. She saved you again. You know what, Seth? You need to take that title. Put it on her shoulder. Walk down that ramp. Get in your car. Go to the airport. Fly on a plane. Go home. Put on an apron and make a sandwich for the man because she's handling all your business. Get your little girl on out of here. Unless you want me to get my hands on him again. You know it. And all of you know it. That if it wasn't for Becky last night, I would be universal champion. And you know what? I'd take Lacey Evans as my mixed tag partner against you two anytime, anywhere. Mr. Corbin, I accept that invitation. Yeah, if you two dopes are so desperate to get your head stomped in and your arm torn off, that's fine with us. So Extreme Rules, you're gonna put both those titles on the line and it's winners take all. gentlemen hello and welcome to another edition of just what the internet needed more of that's right it's a wrestling podcast it's another wrestling podcast it is called top marks it's another wrestling podcast called top marks my name is justin morissette and with me once again as always is the janitor himself he's cleaning up the messes of the masses josh custodio it's top marks 108 it's top, top marks 108 it's top marks 108. It's top marks 108. Come on! Wow, JMO, what a good song that was. It's a high-energy episode, and like always, so much to get to in the world of wrestling. But first, I must ask you something about something I saw at the grocery store today. Sure, go ahead. Are you okay with this? Just yeah. off the hop. Yes, this is a wrestling show. We're going to talk. I mean, I mean, what are we going to talk about today? Stomping Grounds, Fighter Fest, Seth Rollins. Changes to WWE television Changes of late. All that. Undertaker coming back. The listener mailbag. I mean, there, there really couldn't be more to get to. But, but first, I think we have to talk about this. Because I was in a local grocery store, Buy Low Foods, today, purchasing mm. uh, some Zevia. If you must know, Mr. Nosy, I was getting some. <laughs> didn't even ask. <laughs> well, I could see in your eyes. You're like, what? What's he? Really, Zevia is your go-to. You, I've been drinking a lot of that stuff you, lately. You don't prefer the the bubbly from Mr. Buble? Well, I have tons of the the sparkling water already. Okay. But when I need a zero everything pop, okay. Sometimes I'm looking for that that uh, oh, right. orange it's, it's flavor. It's different. It yeah. is a soda. Yeah, no, Zevia is, is it's, pop. It's, a, and then, it's a, like guilt-free soda. That's exactly right. Okay. Coke Zero guilt. I feel you. Uh, but but so I'm there and I'm walking through the aisles and I mean I guess what must be the condiment aisle wherever whatever number of aisle that is. And I see on my right-hand side – no, sorry, my left-hand side – something I had not seen sorry, before. Sorry, which hand side was it on? It was on both of my hand sides. The aisle was nothing but this product. <laughs> and the product was a prepackaged Heinz bottle, mm-hmm. a, you know, light pink colored okay. called Mayo Chup. Mayo Chup. Mayo, mayo Chup. And that is mayonnaise and ketchup mixed together, served in the same squeeze bottle. I took a photograph of this, JMO. Could you tell me what? How would you describe the color of mayo chup? Uh, it is <laughs> flesh colored. <laughs> <laughs> it is the great color of flesh. Uh, just exactly I, what I, you I, want. No, I think that's a racist thing for me to describe that. Oh, right, like all flesh. But it's yeah. 
beige. Yeah. It's not good, is what is what we're yeah, saying it's like here, folks. Peachy beige ish. I, I was weirdly disturbed by this mayo chap. And for the record, I'm not one of these guys who thinks mayo's disgusting or anything. I like mm-hmm. mayo on lots of stuff. But here's like, the thing though, when I go to TNT, because I okay. have the Asian grocer, that's right. my local grocer. TNT market. Uh, they have a product that's sold by the same company that I think like makes, you know, something like Sriracha or maybe sure. Sriracha. Maybe it's the same company. Did you know Sriracha actually isn't the name of that hot sauce? No. That's just that type of like pepper? chili yeah, pepper yeah. sauce. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Regardless. Yeah. They make like a Sriracha infused mayo, like mayo oh. mixed with Sriracha. So okay. spicy mayo. That sounds And right. I love that. Yeah. I'll put that on a sandwich and boom, there's your sandwich. Yeah. I, I can imagine on a burger that being really good. But Very much so. I don't, I'm not, this isn't going anywhere, by yeah. the way. I just wanted to bring up that, like, I saw this mayo chip and it felt like something. I thought, for an instant, I was like, have we gone too far? You know what I mean? It's like, yes. is this, did we you cross some si- sort of line? You scientists were too <laughs> consumed by the <laughs> idea that you could. <laughs> you never stopped to ask if you should. And now we'll get into the wrestling JMO because. <laughs> like we said, lots to get to. Thanks for no, hearing me out about no, no, mayo no. chop. I got two things to say to that. Oh, okay, yeah, please. You know what I love? Yeah. You know, when you go to like a uh, breakfast place. Yeah, yeah. For example, Yolks. Is I love Yolks. Sure. There's multiple locations across Vancouver. Yeah. Very good little spot for brunch, especially for an egg sandwich. And you sit down there, and you're about to have your egg sandwich. What do you see in front of yourself on the table at Yolks, Josh Custodia? Hash browns, different sauces, hollandaise, house-made. Spicy sriracha ketchup. Oh. The, in, the infusion of ketchup and sriracha. Now, that is something that your boy can get down with. See, I'm, weirdly, I'm less into that for some reason. Really? Yeah, but I'm not the world's biggest ketchup guy to begin with. Okay. But, but for some reason, the sriracha mayo, you might have had me there. I, like, I, put, I put ketchup on like my eggs and hash browns and stuff, so for breakfast, I think it's optimal. Sure. And then a spicy ketchup? Oh, boy, we ain't fucking around no more. I like the heat at breakfast. Hot sauce on eggs is... The way to go, in my opinion. Second comment before we can fully leave this behind. Do we need to? I mean, I think the people are not tired mayo of condiment chup. Mayo chup itself. The word. <laughs> the word. The word <laughs> mayo chup. Yeah. I do believe I read um, on Twitter okay. from Canadian indigenous writers and personalities that I follow on Twitter yep. that there is a uh, you know native language in Canada okay. where the word mayo chup translates directly as fuckface. <laughs> Is this real? I'm pretty sure, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what you are if you buy Mayo Chup. Yeah. Let's call it as it I think it was Ryan McMahon who tweeted that, yes, oh my Mayo God. Chup means fuckface. Well, this has been Top Marks, uh, the condiment corner of podcasts <laughs> where we discuss everything that goings on in the, the condiment world. Uh, any any other condiments you want to touch on? No, but I, I can on? segue out of that because Ooh, somebody was proving themselves to be quite the fuckface online this oh, week. Oh my lord, Seth Rollins, what are you up to, man? Seth Rollins, what are you doing, pal? So for those who didn't see, and I want to be clear because there's almost three separate phases of this Seth Rollins issue to me. And the first one, I'm actually not that bothered by, which is him and Will Ospreay have a bit of back and forth on on Twitter. Uh, basically, Seth saying that. The best wrestlers in the world are in WWE. The best wrestling is in WWE, and he is part of that. I don't think he says he's the best wrestler in the world, but he does say something to the effect of... That he's proud of the company that he works for and the work that he does. Something like that. And listen, 
that's that's the attitude you should have, right? Like, I would hope somebody at our local indie would be like, this is where the wrestling is going down. I mean, that, that was the narrative on Twitter throughout all of Stomping Grounds this week is, like, you watched these guys work their asses off, especially in the lower part of that card. Yeah. And a lot of what I was seeing on Twitter might have been, you know, Ryan Satin. I have no idea who tweeted this, but it was like, do you think they heard us all laughing at <laughs> WWE this week? This is really the river that runs through all three of these issues, which is, mm. boy, does it come across as hashtag hail corporate, right? Like, a yeah. lot of this just sounds like WWE corporate speak through the vessel of Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. So, but but just, just to give him credit where it's due, because I don't want to come across, I know I get accused of being too overtly negative against Seth in general, so I want to say, I think him and Osprey could have, like, that's a little bit of fun talking about. I would prefer it if it was, like, them arguing about who the better wrestler was between them, because I think that's a more interesting discussion, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, as opposed to uh, the indies are dead, hail WWE, WWE is the best. Well, and then Seth sort of being like, he, he's folding in specific WWE things, being like, well, no one can do it and wrestle as many matches as I have and all, with the travel schedule. But then somebody makes this infographic that Will Ospreay has wrestled more singles matches for New Japan this year than Rollins has for but, WWE. But also, when you become the top guy in WWE, they finally realize that they should treat you like a special thing. Yeah. So, like, they they purposefully were not putting Rollins on television right. every single week, you know. Yep. On some level. No, it's true. Dur- especially during the lead-up to Mania, it was like, well, let's make this feel like a special thing by having... Like, Becky, I don't think, wrestled, like... Yeah, barely at all, I think. Yeah, from between Rumble and Mania. Like, she worked that injury angle the entire time. Yeah. So that by the end of that, you were supposed to be, like... Champion. Well, chomping. Champion. At the bit. At the bit. (laughs) Speaking of the bit. (laughs) To see Becky Lynch wrestle. Whether that worked or not, who can say? Yeah, I don't think it did. I don't think so either. I don't think because... But, like, that was an intentional strategy. And I think Seth definitely had part of that this year, too. Scarcity is a selling tool. There's no doubt about it. Saying, hey, you can only see this then or you haven't seen this for a while. In fact, I think in our uh, all-out preview or all-in... What did we pre? Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Oh my lord! Uh, Our double or nothing preview. We talked about how like we hadn't seen Kenny Omega wrestle in ages. Hadn't seen uh, you know a bunch of these guys, Chris Jericho, had a wrestle. That lends them a huge feeling of credibility heading into the summer. But I don't think it works reverse. I don't think you can super overexpose somebody when you see them constantly. Yeah. Listen, far be it for me to agree with Dave Meltzer very often, but he he said this week that contrasting Will Ospreay and Seth Rollins that in the ring you always know what Seth Rollins is going to do, and I think that's actually kind of echoes a bit of what yeah, you were saying you, a you and weeks I have ago. had that conversation over the last couple of weeks yeah it's like so and I did the I, idea that like Seth is constantly evolving his game and adding new spots has not been true for several well, years now so big Dave finally stealing your talking points which was gross to see Dave we don't appreciate disgusting. it but but that said you can't have somebody do that and then also sell scarcity. You can't be like, well, you haven't seen this guy do this thing. You've seen him do 10,000 times in a while. It's like, yeah, but remember when I saw it 10,000 times? Like, you know that's still happening. You know what else Big Dave said? What Big Dave said? He say? said he liked my body better when I lived in Chetwood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. And frankly, we don't stand for that here. There's no body shaving that's here on top of gross, yeah, Dave. Dave. Don't you. Get a grip don't of you, yourself. Yeah, you're going to. You know, sexualize my hashtag good friend Madman Morris that I won't stand for it. Just turn him into a sex object. But it's so, so this is phase one of Seth, sort of feuding with Osprey, talking about where the best wrestling in the world and is. And there's nothing like exceptionally objectionable about that. No, I think, I think Seth doesn't really have a case for it. Like, I don't think WWE's having any sort of manner here right now. Mm-hmm. But, but 
you're right. I, I don't have a problem with that. Then an interview comes out. I can't remember with who right now. Maybe Deadspin. I can't remember right now. It was right the now. ESPN Sports Media Podcast. Got it. So technically, it was like the transcripts all ran on the WWE vertical of Sports Illustrated. Right. Okay. Or sorry. I said I said ESPN. I know, yeah. It's Sports Illustrated's Sports Media Podcast. Got it. And uh, yeah, so that that's basically where it ran. And... You, do you want to recap what he said? Because well, like, I'll encourage people to go look up the full comments because I don't want to you know, contextualize this in a way that it isn't. But I can only tell you the stuff in it that pissed me off because some things legitimately jumped off the page in reading this to me. And even if it is just whoever it is, the higher-ups at WWE saying, you have to say this, I, I think at some point you have to take some sort of morality and be like, you know what, I'm not going to say this. And it particularly pertains to a soft spot for me and I think also for you and John Moxley, a man who we have just heard sort of pour his heart out there about how WWE was a very trying uh, environment for him by the tail end of his, mm. his career there. It sapped him of his love of wrestling. He was, you know, struggling just in his day-to-day. And before you get into what Seth said, yes. this really starts last week with comments from Road Dog. Oh, okay. And I can't remember who he was speaking with, but he basically shot back on the idea that WWE top guys are, like, over-scripted or that everyone is told what to say. He basically <laughs> said, like... That's only true if you can't cut a promo. So maybe get to work working on your promos in the mirror at home. And okay, that well, won't the- be true for you. Which is an insane yeah. thing to say. Because like it's empirically true that if you watch what Moxley has done <laughs> since leaving WWE, when left to his own devices, he has proven himself to be an insanely good promo. Mox has cut, what, three or four promos since leaving WWE? Even in his silence, he's been better than what he did in WWE. Each of those three or four are better than his, all of them except his absolute best in WWE. He doesn't even say a single thing when they're setting up the, ma- the match that he's about to have with Joey Janela. Right. And it's amazing. That video was amazing. With just the... Yeah. So, the, like you say, the idea, it's, it's preposterous. And now, is it true that who they think is a good promo gets more freedom and who they think don't? Well, that might be true because obviously they gave Enzo Amore that, but there's just so many guys who are good promos that they're not giving the freedom to. And like, like it, even if we like Seth Rollins, which I do more than you... Yep. Like, I will fully admit, when he's out there on the mic for 10 minutes at a time, being forced to be new Triple H, yeah. that's not off the dome Seth Rollins. No, and, and listen, that's a hard spot for anybody. Absolutely it is. Uh, but could Kevin Owens in that role deliver more? Of course, right? Like, that's a non-starter. But, so Seth Rollins says to this... Uh, I will say, though, Seth Rollins, like 2015-era Seth Rollins, yeah. was doing a very good job holding down top spot on Raw. We've had this conversation yeah. multiple times over the course of the yeah, show. Yeah, I don't want to dig back into but, it. But, like... Even when I admit he's doing a good job, he's doing a good job, like, breathing some life into what they are giving him. Right. There's no way. Like, I I admire what he's doing for what he's been saddled with. I'm not sitting there thinking, well, what a promo genius this Seth Rollins is. Well, and frankly, I think that's a role he's just going to succeed in more. Like, that smarmy heel. I would, like, again, like to have seen him win more on that mm-hmm. run. But that's sort of like, yeah, Like, that's but, very good Seth Rollins. But it's just, a, it runs counter to what Road Dog said. Because, like, right. that's a guy that we can clearly say they think is a good promo. Right. He's still very obviously scripted. scripted. That's a great point, too. So shut the fuck up, Road Dog. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, you better ask someone, okay? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, okay? Sorry. Sorry for shooting. So Seth Rollins takes to this podcast, and, and again, I'm only re- I've only read these these I haven't listened to it. Me as well. But I've only read the transcript. He says, you know, and he's asked about John Moxley or his friend Dean Ambrose leaving WWE, and he basically mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm very, and he does phrase it with like, I'm very sad, you know, I, I like having him around, this sort of thing. But then he goes on to say, but you know, Dean just 
took his ball and went home. The famous rock line about uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Took his ball and went home. And some they people said about CM Punk too. Or and this Punk, is this yeah. is a classic talking point. Yes. David Bixon's fan pointed out that like this is Vince McMahon speech. Well, yeah, this is Vince talking point. That's a hundred percent the case. And so he goes, and then he goes. And you know what? Some guys just aren't cut out for the, the physical and emotional portion of the, this business and our schedule. And I just, I just thought that that was really, really low. <laughs> like, it's like, here's this guy, on the other hand, what John Moxley saying, hey, here's all these circumstances, making a real case for why things were bad and how he felt. Mm-hmm. And just be like, oh, well, you couldn't handle it. And it's not a vessel or somebody. If this was Brock Lesnar, <laughs> like, it'd be different. But this is his shield brethren. This is a guy who, on his farewell from WWE, is tearing up, putting the fist in for the final time. I just thought this was... I, this really soured me on Seth Rollins for, for a period of time. I really didn't like this. Well, let me let me say why I don't hate it as much as yeah. you. I wouldn't say that I like it by any stretch. No, but... But he opens it by saying, like, I love the guy, and he clearly appreciated everything that this company did for him. Yep. He said as much himself, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he, and he closes it by saying, if, like, if you... You know, this this is a company that is willing to give everything to you if you give everything to it. And if you feel that you gave everything to it and it still didn't work out the way that you did, and you can look yourself in the mirror and think that, you know, I, I did every single thing that I possibly could to make this work and it didn't work out, then you can say whatever you want. But if you didn't do that, then you can't. And that goes to disgruntled talent of across today and right across the board. Yeah. Like, I read that to mean that he has to say these things about people who are going to take shots. Mm-hmm. But I believe that in his heart, he does believe that Dean did do everything he could. Doesn't that make it worse? A little bit, yeah. Like, it's it, just like, I read that, and granted, I didn't listen to it. Yeah, maybe, neither of us have. Maybe so. if I listen to it, it will come off way worse. Or but better. In, but in reading it, I was just like, I'm able to parse here what is the corporate speech with what is like the heart of your feelings? So, so now and maybe that's just me making justifications as to why my man saying these shitty things is like not the worst for doing. Well, it. no, I think that's important because I think both of us have maybe some predisposition to liking or disliking that's Seth, true, and yeah. so it's I think it's important to be able to sort of demagnetize each other and sort of find the truth in that situation. But now we move on to Act Three, which is the, the worst of the three: the Monday after Stomping Grounds, which. In my opinion, we will get into a full Stomping Grounds uh, review later, but this Mm -hmm. was the right thing to lead with. Uh, Seth Rollins had, I mean, not the worst match on the show. That goes to his girlfriend in the opener. But a a poorly booked match, and I'm trying to give Seth Rollins some credit here, a match that really no one could have a a barn burner within that structure, right? No one at all. But knowing that, knowing that you went off air, you're the biggest company, you're the main event, and you had a match that... I can't imagine he's even especially proud of. And the next day, you double down on your arguments about how you're the best and WWE best is the best in the world, right here. That's very tough to to get on board with because it almost feels like no, fuck you. You don't get it. This did you watch last night? It's last like, night was truly the best. It's like. Yeah, I did watch last night, man, and I would have been better off pouring gasoline in my eyes than watching it. Like, what the fuck was that? Well, for half the card, anyway. Well, for for his match in particular, which is what is pertinent to him being the flag bearer for actually we're good. Very much so. And and this really, these one, two, three really led me on Tuesday. And again, I'm already predisposed to not loving this guy, and I'm trying not to just, like, fall back. But Lord almighty, he's pushing me to the limits right now, madman. And he's being a dick online to to critics. He's being... Yes. a dick online to guys on the indies. Here's where 
Like, this is where I wish people that should just shut up said nothing, because then he would really shine as the villain. Sure. Because our man Dave Meltzer weighs in again. Yeah. And and what Dave says <laughs> draws attention to what I just drew attention to with my little joke about Meltzer, because he quote tweets Seth Awful. from last year. Awful. Seth on the day that Meltzer made those comments about the iconic, saying minus six stars, Dave, which... Seth is 100% correct. And in, I came in, on the show and said that I admired him for that. In that argument, he is 100% correct. Dave Meltzer quotes that tweet and says, minus six stars, Seth, to try and use what is happening now to bury him for the way that he has sour grapes over what Seth said about him a year ago. It's like, Dave, Shut why would you draw attention <laughs> to the fact that you did something shitty I think most people have forgotten about by now? Well, then why build to a heel versus heel feud? Yeah. Like, now it's like, oh, great, here we go. We have the asshole. Go. Like, it's so petty. And Dave Meltzer does come across as so petty so often to me, where it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, this. And so now they get into a tete-a-tete. This whole thing was melting my fucking brain. And at a time when it's like... It's, Seth has done enough now for him to be the clear-cut bad guy in all of this. Right. You're going to set him at war with Dave Meltzer over a comment that Seth made in, like like we said, completely correct to say it. And I'm supposed to be like, well, this guy who said this thing that I agree with a year ago is the bad guy now? <laughs> Like, nah. <laughs> it it does suck when it's like we were joking about this in another chat this week, yeah. but just like how it's like when somebody you don't you do like makes a bad point or somebody you don't like makes a good point, it sucks. It's like Dave, why did you have to chime in with that of all things? Because like I I'm that. ready to agree with you on something, and what you've done here has made you also look <laughs> like a maroon. It's like you threw out a, a life ring, and in fact it was an anvil that just dragged you into the water. <laughs> well, but also kept Seth afloat. Because yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yes. this guy's not as bad as I think he is. It's right like now. oh yeah, remember Seth did defend the iconics <laughs> last year. That was that was kind of good. Thanks so, for calling attention, Dave. Just well not done. Just not a banner week for WWE's top guy and Seth Rollins. And I know that you should just take like the product for what it is, but you know, Twitter is real in this sort of sphere too. And Seth Rollins has some work to do to get me back but, on his but side. What, how did Becky Lynch become the hottest thing in wrestling? Twitter by being insanely good on Twitter. Yep. We see it a lot. Like, how did we go to dislike Will Ospreay on the other side of that? Like, yeah, bad Twitter, bad politics, yeah. bad Twitter, retweeting Jordan Peterson. Uh, uh, yeah, like. You look across the board, it's like, what ingratiates people? Why is Joey Ryan a big star right now? Why is Joey Janela yes. a big star right now? Oh, Janela. about on our Fighter yeah. Fest thing. Yeah. These guys can utilize Twitter to get themselves over in a big way. Becky did it the best. Becky had a great tweet where, where she, after all of this was happening, she was like, feuding on Twitter? Question mark? And she did a little <laughs> Photoshop of her body yeah. with Seth's face on it. That was great. Um, but the difference is like... Becky's she, good at it. Yeah, <laughs> she was funny and she was like cutting. She was destroying people. Well, here's also the key difference. She was going after her opponents building to feuds you want to see. Yeah. Seth Rollins versus Dave Meltzer is not a feud. Seth Rollins versus Will Ospreay is not a feud. This I mean, is just Seth Rollins versus Will Ospreay might be the best Seth Rollins match that he's had in several years. Be probably true, man. I mean, I bet he wishes he could have the match. But, you know, that would be the best wrestling in the world. Yeah. What we saw on Sunday was not. Let's dig into that, Madman. WWE's Sunday night pay-per-view stomping ground. Look, before we get into that, okay, we're going to bury this pay-per-view, I think, by and large. Yeah. There's some good stuff on the undercard to talk about. But yep. before we get all negative, sure. why don't we get a little positive? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I got a little drinky poo here. Hey, let's get a little positive. This episode of Top Marks is brought to you by Fruits Are Edible Brewing Company. Fruits are brewable. Brewable. Whoops. 
Sorry, Craig. And this uh, beer in particular is the Blaze, which is his barley wine. He's got it clocked at 13.6% alcohol. Mamma mia. I'm going to say this has been in my fridge for the better part of a year. Yeah, it's aged. Probably, you know, aging in the fridge, just, just getting getting richer and richer with time. The alcohol percentage probably increasing. It's at least 14.6% uh, Yeah, at this it might point. be 15% wow, at this point. Wow, let's not go crazy. Oh, yeah, that extra 0.4. It's barley wine, not wine. Yeah, it's true, <laughs> it's true. But, you know, this is, this is uh, it's got some kick to it, too. And, Josh, why am I busting this out right now? Oh, well, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> because it's because we're recording the show later than we normally do? Well, it is the evening. Oh, we're celebrating, and of course. Is, and it is a cold drink on a hot day. Is this where we're going to do the top mark state of the show? Well, do you want to save that for later? No, let's get into it. I think people are interested. we got a lot of questions this week about what's going to happen now that... Well, here, open the beer and let, let's break the news here. And then right. we'll get into stomping grounds. All right. Our beer there is we open. Go. The beer is open. Craig, I apologize in advance. I'm not a barley wine guy. I will give it a sip. Yeah, but, I'm going uh, to force him to have a sip in, at the very least. In here. general, they are not my my preferred beer. So, uh, JMO, do you do you want me to say what happened to you, or are you going to say uh, it? I, I'll, I will say. Go ahead. On Friday, as I was covering the NHL draft for work, uh, the lead-up to the draft anyways, I got a little visit from my boss mm-hmm. because a month ago I submitted a pilot for a wrestling show on the radio. Oh, that could never exist. Uh, pipe dream, Jamo. Stop. You've had too much beer already. Or maybe that is 20%. A wrestling show on the radio. Just the very never scent happen. of it is no. sending me. I've got the vapors. Yeah, it could, could never happen. Let's get back to reality. Now, Keep talking. Uh, I, had, I didn't hear anything back for a month, so I sort of assumed that no news was bad news and yeah. that a rejection was forthcoming. And, you know, hey, people just uh, don't know the appeal of pro wrestling, I guess. That's, that's uh, nothing that I shouldn't expect at this point. Mm-hmm. But is that what happened, Josh? It absolutely is not what happened. Because my pilot got greenlit, which means I'm going to be hosting a wrestling radio show on wow. Sportsnet 650 that will begin in the first week of July. Do we have a name yet? Uh, I'm between a couple of things. Should I float them out yeah. there and get some feedback absolutely, from people? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I, uh, think, I think I know which one is better, but... Just going by the conventions of what the weekly uh, shows in this time slot get called, mm-hmm. whether that's Vancouver Giants this week or Vancouver Canadians game day or, uh, you know, football central, basketball central. Central or this week. Yes. So I'm thinking either pro wrestling this week. Yeah. Wrestling this week. Mm-hmm. Wrestle central. Okay. Wrestling central. Mm-hmm. Pro wrestling central. Uh-huh. And that's about it. That's I th- all I got. I think Wrestle Central's the best. I think Wrestle Central is the best as well. That's what I think. That's just one man's I opinion. Agree. I fully agree with you. Well, let's cheers to your success here, JMO, and have a sip of barley wine. And it couldn't happen at a better time. It's going to kick off a month before we head to SummerSlam, which means I am probably going to be able to get media accreditation for SummerSlam and do some interviews while we're in Toronto. That would be extremely fun. So there will be more news coming down the pipeline about when you can hear JMO on air and where. Uh, what's, it, what's it on the dial? It's going to be a 650 on the AM dial if you are in Vancouver, and you can find it online at uh, player.sportsnet650.ca online. Uh, most likely to be airing Sunday nights at 10 p.m., Pacific post time. pay-per-view. So it'll be a, yes, a post pay-per-view spot. Uh, uh, maybe we'll be live on the air taking calls. Ooh. Get your pay-per-view reactions. Ooh. Not quite sure as of yet if we're going to be able to make it work to go live as often as I might like to. But right. uh, that's kind of the idea right now. 
So we got a couple questions when you announced this uh, on Twitter, JMO, about what's going to happen to Top Marks or is Josh coming along, this sort of thing. And uh, the answer is we don't know. This yeah. show will continue as a weekly podcast up until SummerSlam and the week after SummerSlam. Yeah, and nothing will change about this show until mid-August as we get kind of like a month and a half of running them both simultaneously. We need to see what that looks to like. To see how that feels and if it's feasible and all of that sort of thing. But I will say... The community of this show, the joy that I get from this show, has never been higher than it yeah. is right now. So the idea of stepping away from this show and not doing it any longer, to me, is not on the table. Like, oh, I, I, are you I, making me out to be the heel? Then? But, but I will say, <laughs> like, if we if we go less often, yeah. if it becomes a uh, two shows a month, or we are doing less kind of modern uh, synopses of our thoughts on what's going on and get more into, uh, you know, uh, retro reviews and that sort of thing. Like, this show, as as it functions, might not be available to you on the same schedule as always, but I believe that the draw of this show is not necessarily our takes week to week, though certainly people like those. Well, they like mine. It's the interplay between you and I every week and the jokes and the fun that we have. True. Um, And I wouldn't want that to go away. No, Tom Marks won't disappear off the face of the earth, but I imagine the week after, we'll do the week after SummerSlam, review SummerSlam, our trip, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I imagine there will be some sort of format change after that, potentially. We'll see how it goes with the radio show. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And but there is news to come about some other things that might fill your time with hearing us talk about wrestling as well. So there's yeah. there's their seeds being planted, and uh, uh, plans are coming together. I don't want anyone to be afraid that this is the end of the line for your for your hashtag good friends, because uh, I would miss doing this show way too much. And are you going to be on the radio show? I hope you. I hope you do. I hope well, you they're, they're not going to let me on the radio. Are you they, kidding? They, what, I, they're going to let me on the damn what, radio? You were all over the pilot that I created. Yeah, but you were editing around me, just being like, <laughs> Mayo Chup. <laughs> what do you guys think about Mayo Chup? <laughs> Fucking Mayo Chup, man. You ever get stoned and eat Mayo Chup? Um, no. That's I, my me, my impression of me. No, I slated you as a musician and combat sports analyst. <laughs> You sounded sounded very professional. Yeah, that's me, man. And look, you were all over the pilot. Pilot got approved. Hey. So you you, you got that going for you. Which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, How many wrestling pilots for radio have you been a part of? I don't know, actually. It could be more than one for all I know. Maybe when they got the law launched. Well, I'm going to say one. (laughs) Maybe. Well, we don't know. And what's your success rate as far as those pilots being approved? Fuck yeah, I'd say you're batting a thousand right now, Some people are saying that I'm the secret sauce. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I want to have guests on. It's not always going to be live every week. I would like post-pay-per-view to take calls and that those shows be live, but I would imagine that quite often I'll be joined either in person or on the phone by a guest to talk about topics in the world of wrestling that week. I have a bunch of different people in mind. And I think that you are definitely one of those people. I want to be saved for late, though. Okay. I want it to be like a big deal. We're okay. back together. Okay. We save it. Maybe uh, Christmas when everyone's listening to the radio at Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Day, that famous radio day. But like, I don't know if this is going to make any sort of money for, for the station or for me. Right. So the idea that I'm going to rope you into a business venture... That I don't know if it's going to pay you anything. Like, well, I, and I'm just not interested yeah. in being on the radio every week. Okay. I'm just not. That's fair. Like, it's like you have to be here at this time and doing this and saying this. It's I love doing the pod. Like, we get to pick our own shots. That's absolutely correct. There now, JMO, let's congratulations to you. Swig a beer Thank for you. the now working man and uh, review that barley wine and let's get into stomping grounds. Don't swig it. 
Yeah, see, this is this is the barley wine thing. It's so strong. It is very strong. It's extremely strong, but... But it's not as, like... I was expecting, like, a bitterness or, like, a flavor that was going to be overpowering. And it does certainly have, like, a good amount of body to it, but, like, there's a smoothness to that flavor, too. Sure. Yeah. It's, like, I don't know if strong and smooth are things that No, together. I know what you mean. You're not, like... It's not, like, knocking me out. It's just, like, man, that is rich, but that is... Uh, that is commendable as well. Well, if there's one man who's going to home run a barley wine and every other beer on earth, that's our guy, Craig Tamble, the brewmaster. Do you like it? No, but I don't like barley wines. It's not okay. a reflection. I like everything Craig has ever sent us a great deal. Uh, this has nothing to do with your brewing, Craig. I'm just not a barley wine guy. I don't like the taste. What are you going to do? Fair. JMO, I nearly laughed aloud while you were speaking there. Why? Because I pulled up the Wikipedia for Stomping Grounds, which we watched on Sunday, and I was thinking, gosh, dude, I got a lot of bad things to say about Becky Lynch versus, uh, what's her name, Lacey Evans. Boy, yeah. I got a lot of bad to say. Because you watched that match as well. I watched it earlier today. A lot of bad to say, right? Full of botches. Can you believe that match is only 11 minutes long? Um, <laughs> so much goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, that seems short. I just have to say this, guys. Okay, I, I just got to say this. And I'm sorry. We all love Becky Lynch. Everyone loves Becky Lynch. No one's denying that Becky Lynch is good. These are not matches or a feud that is of the caliber of the top title. And this goes for Rollins and Mary Corbin, too. We're going to get there. This isn't a sexist thing. But if you go, th this is Becky Lynch exiting Mania, maybe your hottest, hottest commodity that you have within the company. Here she is feuding with Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is not ready to wrestle. She's not ready. The, the, the spot in the middle where Becky has to re-untangle her legs or the back kick where Lacey forgets to run in and Becky looks like visibly pissed. Guys, these aren't, this isn't two women in the middle of your card. This is for the Raw Women's Championship and also a hot open. It needs to be better than this. It's, I don't understand what you're going to... How is Becky going to become a star off of the back of this? I just, I'm fired up, JMO. It's very frustrating. Well, I'll say why it's frustrating to me. Yeah. Is that it seems to run counter to what you just spent the entire year demonstrating with your women's titles, which is that, like, y it is not good enough to just have a look. Right. You need to be a worker. This is a worker's title now. We. This is a worker's division. The women are for real. The women are the main event. Well, and you said for real there. Who was presented as more for real as, than Becky versus Ronda? No feud in the Nobody. company. Nobody. No feud. Yeah, absolutely. So to turn around from taking women's wrestling extremely seriously, being very much serious about work rate being the important thing, being very much serious about having women be in the top spot of the card month yep. to month, to turn around and say, well, Lacey Evans has the look, so she's the top contender it, it's just there's no there's nothing else you can't look at anything with Lacey other than like she's a troop maybe Vince is horny about that but what he's really horny about <laughs> yeah. is the, the way she looks she's got the look and uh, that's literally it and like 20 years ago that was you know a problem but an accepted problem mm -hmm. Right now, you cannot do that. Well, it's fucking poison, man, because you can understand the line of thinking where somebody backstage is like, somebody on creative presumably is like, okay, Becky's super hot. We want to get Lacey Evans somewhere. Let's attach those two, and Becky can sort of raise up Lacey Evans, make her, and build her into something. Mm. Guys, this doesn't work if the other person isn't good enough yet. All it is is it leaves you with an impression that she's horrid. That's the, all that happens. You don't leave that match thinking, oh, okay, Lacey Evans might have lost, but she had a good showing. She feels elevated. Yeah. You leave that match being like, Lacey Evans sucks because I've seen Becky Lynch be good a bunch. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over. And yet every time she's within proximity of Lacey Evans, it's fucking poison. And like you've just spent three years telling me that we are in the midst of a revolution. 
You've put the women in the main event of WrestleMania. The statement there is like, revolution over. And then the very next feud you're going to run with Becky Lynch is like, revolution never happened. Right! Yes! We, we learned no lessons from that at all. Actually, that was just a little cheap cash grab we did for some <sighs> social clout. Fuck so, off. So anyway, I loved this match. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was full of botches. It was a terror. Like, Lacey taps early before the disarmor's fully in. I understand the appeal of pairing these characters together. Sure. Because for the first ma- uh, month of this feud, it was a fun pairing of characters. Yeah, prim and proper versus wild. But we're now we're into like month three, three, four, maybe. Oh my lord! Has it? Could it be four months? How many pay per views have gone down between now and Mania? Was Money, Money in, the, in the, bank, the Bank the first one after? Yeah, Money in the Bank was first after. So two pay per views. Yeah, two, two and months. then we're gonna see it all the way through <laughs> the Extreme Rules. It'll be three months of this feud. These these sons of guns over at WWE are gonna really make us watch. Not only, and we'll get to the main event. Don't you worry. I got a lot to say about the main event too. But they're gonna make us these horrible batches of Becky Lynch versus uh, Lacey Evans and Seth Rollins versus Vera Corbin. These six fucks over at WWE are putting them together. Three long. And now you got to watch them do it together. Both of them. Both of them for three months. I just I just don't know who it's for. I just don't know who it's for. But you for. know what? Who's we, winning we, here? We shouldn't exempt Kofi and Dolph from this either. No. Well, because like Kofi, Kofi got off the easiest of the three champions coming out of Mania yeah. in that he at least got a month of that Kevin Owens feud. Right. Um, and that was really good. Yep. And then... I guess because Owens didn't wasn't going to go to Saudi Arabia. Yep. Like if in, we're if in we're, steps Dolph Ziggler more the, than happy here's to go. Here's the problem. Like we've talked about this multiple times that the problem with these pe- uh, pay-per-views that come after these specialty international shows, which are glorified house shows, is that you cannot successfully book away from that in two weeks to come up with entirely new feuds for a satisfying pay-per-view. So you you basically are forced to segue from a pay-per-view whether it's in Saudi Arabia or Australia, that's a glorified house show into a pay-per-view on the network special that's, in this case, taped in Tacoma that's really just like an okay Raw. Yeah. I just... I This started out this show on a very sour note for me. I was just like... And honestly, I would say, considering we were talking about was Raw good last week? Yeah. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was fine. I, I thought, thought it I, was good. I thought yeah. its goodness was overblown relative to the way things had been bad. Previous. Yeah, you thought it was an expectation. Exactly. Yeah. But I will say that, like, Raw was good again this yeah. week. Raw was better than the pay-per-view this week. Oh, That yeah. shouldn't happen. It should be impossible for that to happen. Like, there are a couple of matches that we're about to talk about that exceeded Raw from a work rate perspective. But overall, like, the entertainment value, if you had to ask I don't even me, agree with that. AJ Ricochet was better that, than anything on this pay-per-view. That's probably true. But it's if, definitely true. But if you were to ask me... Which show would I rather be at? Like, oh. do I drive down to, to, to Tacoma for the pay per view, or do I drive to Everett for the raw taping? Raw it's for sure, 100% raw. I, I, I imagine how do I and some of our friends did go to, to stomping grounds. It's just like, how do you justify that drive and money for for what they gave you? Anyway, Jim, let's move on because there were a couple things I liked here, and they're all back to back, which is nice. Uh, one of them being Kevin Owens beating the New Day. No titles on the line here, but the New Day being represented by Big E and Xavier Woods. I loved this match. I thought this was... Kevin's and Sammy, man. You And listen, this is not to discredit the New Day, who, of course... Kevin. Kevin Owens and Sammy. No, Zane. the two Kevins. Kevin yeah. Owens and Kevin Sammy Zane. No, I, I, in my version, his name is Owen Kevins. Owen Kevins Zane. and Zane Sammy. Zane Sammy, Owens Kevins. Yeah. The Kevin Owenses. Yeah. The Kevins. The Kevins. I'm with you. Uh, I thought... 
it was sort of nice to be reminded of the, the fluidity of, of uh, the, the two Zane and Owens. They might be the only two guys who have like a smoothness that starts to rival the Young Bucks, I feel like. Did you notice the spots? And they just know where one another are for the tags. Like Owens is coming out into the middle of the apron and pulling and whatnot. It's, it, there's just a scene. And not that the New Day don't have that. You're just, you get used to that, right? You never see it. I like this two. match. Yeah. It, I've, it definitely picked things up after that. <laughs> should have been your opener. opener. should have opened the show for sure. But. What I will say is, as much as people were like, wow, that match really kicked ass, mm-hmm. that's like a good TV main event. I agree. It wasn't as good as some SmackDown tag matches. I agree with that. A- and uh, the other lingering thought that I had coming out of this is, yes, Owens and Zayn are a very good tag team. Mm-hmm. Are they a good enough tag team that you would want to see them get a run with the tag titles on mm-hmm. either show? Uh, can I phrase it a little different? Because my answer is no, but not okay. because I don't think they're a good enough tag team. Okay. I just think they're... Superstar they're, singles they're performers. Good. Yeah, it's like they're, when Punk and Brian were together, it's like, oh, yeah, good in the beard and the best. It's like, oh, this is good for short term, but like. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying, though. Like, don't you think it could elevate the belts a little bit at oh. a time when tag team wrestling within the company feels a little bit lost in the weeds right now? You know, I thought it did before. I really liked the, the SmackDown tag title match here, uh, which we'll get to shortly. I also really like the elimination tag match from Raw this week. And I feel like Brian's doing a lot almost single-handedly to elevate that division a bit. So I know but what you but mean. But what if they got a run with the Raw? tag titles which I know is like impossible right now because it's a heel tag team taking the belts off of a heel yeah tag team. you'd have to get it on to but but like Usos, I guess could it be a good use of Kevin and Sammy this summer to put them in a tag title feud it's like so much in wrestling it's like you can imagine a version where it's good and you can imagine a version where it's bad right like it's like yeah. hey, I hate to give this answer but it's like it would depend how they did it but yeah. if I had my way I wouldn't keep them in a tag but I totally recognize that what you're saying is true that they are stars, and stars with belts help the belt. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's sort of... I, do, I'm not, I don't want to, like, Cesaro and Sheamus them. Yeah. But, like, a short run... I'm not dying for those two in proximity to one another in general okay, either. Fair. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was kind of glad that they were on different brands coming out of the brand split um, on this version of the Superstar Shake-Up. Yep. But I do still like it when they show up on the other show and work together. Like I, yeah. I do think that that's like it's good long term storytelling. Wild, wild card rule done well. Yeah. Oh, you remember these guys who love each other and you hate know each what? other? I do have a wild card rule done well coming up as Ooh. well. So I'm not. I know that we're both down on the wild card. I, I got one feud that we're going to talk about soon. Where I will say it's actually doing a very good job. JML, this we'll ne- get there. Very soon. It won't be this one. Oh, well, there goes the tease. Uh, this match, JML, this was the match that made me the number one contender for the TMW uh, Heavyweight Championship, which uh, if you want to get in on our Pick'ems contest or on the world's greatest wrestling group chat, head on over to patreon.com slash topmark. So $5 in the hat, and you can get in on, I can't even tell you how good, the promos. Yeah, it, but, yeah, I mean, what we should be cracking this beer to celebrate is your number one contendership, but more than that, the promo you cut <laughs> immediately after you became number one contender, <laughs> folks. It it was it was literally poetry. It had a rhyme scheme. Yeah, it I had wrote a, a song. rhythm. He he yeah he wrote a song that he <laughs> read the words to to bury our champion Scoots Brodo, and it was it was one of the best promos of this decade. <laughs> Thank you, Madman.
you can, o- was, and you can well, only see it inside the Patreon group chat. So head on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash top marks and throw five bucks in the hat, baby. Uh, but Ricochet defeating Samoa Joe, taking the U.S. title on him. I predicted this last week because I think Samoa Joe was entering the main event scene, which we now know to be the case. Thank God. I, sh- I should have changed my pick is what I should have done because I was listening to us talk about this on the preview show last week. Yeah. And then I got to the end of the show and I was like, what did we just preview? Exactly what I complained about with the Australia or Saudi Arabia no shows. No title change. A show where the only title that changes is the cruiserweight title. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what's the most likely title to flip? And I did land on this one, but I didn't come to that realization in time to change my pick. That was basically my exact line of thinking. Yeah. Was like, who's who's next for Kofi, and who's uh, like who they need a belt change. Yeah. So. And also, man, good for Ricochet. Yeah, man. It, yeah. It 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 is very nice to see like. You know, this is exactly what we talk about when we complain that they've got all this talent and they do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. They are clearly identifying that this guy is somebody to strap the rocket to. He was put into Money in the Bank within a month of his debut on the main roster. Yep. They are looking at this guy and being serious with themselves, which is like, look, how many of our audience members are casuals and do not know anything about the indies? And how many of the roughly 2 million people who still tune in every week are like pretty, pretty tapped in it, yeah. and know what's happening. As much as we complain that they don't give us introductions to guys when they debut on the main roster, not proper anyways, when they do just identify someone as like, okay, people know who this guy is and they're excited that he's here. Let's just go. Well, yeah, what do we always talk about on this show? Like how they present people is how the people are taken, yeah. right? Like that's just a fact. So they tell you Ricochet's important. You watch him flip around a little bit, and you know, he seems important. They have him beat Samoa Joe and get himself a U.S. title. I don't have a problem with this, and especially knowing that Joe is now going to be up next for Kofi Kingston. That's a tasty one for me. This is a fun match. And as much as I have complained that he is overdoing the 630, Mm. he's done it three times in the last week, or did it three times in the course of seven days from last Monday's Raw into this pay-per-view. Every single time he hit it, he pins someone. Yeah. So, yeah, are they protecting it in so much as it's, like, not feeling special because he does it all the time? No. Are they protecting it in so much as every time he does it, he pins someone? Yes. He didn't do it on AJ, and he lost that match. When he does do it on AJ, he's going to pin the best in the world. That's exactly what I think is going to happen, by the way. Which is going to be huge. Jamal, this next match is my match of the night from Stomping Grounds, which going in, I would have told you it has maybe one and a half great wrestlers in it. And that is Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan beating a very serious up heavy machinery in this match. He still did the Caterpillar elbow drop, but mm-hmm. no marching around, stakes and weights. Like, I loved this match. Yes. Uh, I I thought all of the... Oh, goodness, I'm about to say I love something and I can't remember. Is it Tucker and Rowan or Rowan and Otis? I can't remember, but there's this... Like, the, the clotheslines are trading in the middle, neither going down. Uh, that was... Uh, Otis and Rowan. It was Otis and Otis Rowan. Otis was really the star of this show from the heavy machinery standpoint. I just really liked this match. I thought, I mean, what are you going to say about Daniel Bryan? I mean, it's almost a waste of time to say it. But I thought, you know, he's doing a good job showing that these guys are, like, way stronger than, than him. But he's still, like, outsmarting them. I just really enjoyed this match. I thought it told a really clear, clear story. It made heavy machinery seem not goofy. And it made me interested in what's up for them next. And just a good title defense for Rowan and Bryan, too. It fully established themselves as, like one of the key star tag teams, yeah. not just within their own show, but within the tag division of this company as a whole. Yeah, there's somebody to be taken seriously. Like, Otis was 
super rad in this match. As much as I have been salivating, look, I wanted this feud. I yep. wanted this feud right from the very beginning of these two teams being on the same show. I've been very open about that. I've had to listen to Mike every week tell me, who cares about heavy machinery? Well, me. They're just in this feud for a month, and then the company's going to forget about them. It's like you're being mad about things that haven't <laughs> even happened yet. While just the so, feud is good. <laughs> exactly. Just so, well, later. Just so you can be mad which is kind of silly but that's well, part of it, fandom in a way I, I guess that is kind of but yeah it's yeah. certainly not my attitude towards the great one true sport but what what drew me into this was like the the thought of how these teams would combine in a promo way i really wanted to see yeah. daniel bryan versus otis on the mic vegetarian versus steaks what i was shocked by is how much i absolutely loved Daniel Bryan versus Otis in the ring. Yes. Those two guys matched up incredibly well. Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed that whole kick sequence leading into him, like, hulking up into a huge suplex out of that final kick. Like, it's one thing to get Otis's character across, which I feel like this match did as well. Yep. Daniel Bryan did a tremendous job of making Otis look like a significant talent in the ring, which is not an easy accomplishment, and he deserves a ton of credit for. Absolutely agree. That stood out to me, too. I loved this match, and again, my match of the night, which seems bizarre. Utterly fantastic match, I would say, was the match of the night for me as well. Uh, J-Mo, Bailey beat Alexa Bliss. Better than the other women's match on this card? You might be surprised, bud. Go ahead. This is my match of wildcard rule done well. Okay, I, I, I already know where you're going with this. And because, I, uh, yeah. because, look, is it silly that for two months in a row we are getting a raw competitor being assisted by a second raw competitor competing for the SmackDown women's title match? Yes. Yes, because we know that she is not going to win either of those matches. She's not on that show. However... From a scripting perspective, in terms of what you want to do with all three of these characters, in terms of the story you are telling, with how these people are changing, all three of them, these characters yeah. need each other right now. Uh, the dynamic between the three of them is great. Like, I, and I think I said this on last week's show, how much yeah. I like the, the cross-bliss stuff. I was kind of surprised that people were, were being negative on it. As, as much as I just said that Ricochet doesn't need an introduction on the main roster, some characters definitely do. Yeah. And we are getting that right now with Nikki Cross. Yeah. Nikki Cross right now, and since she really debuted as a character on Raw like a couple months ago, has not been the person that we know and love from NXT, no. but we are going to get to see her evolution into that character because Alexa is going to wrong someone that she cannot uncross. Ah, very nice. Get punny with it, but but like we are going to get to witness this maturation of a very sweet and uh, idealistic, naive Nikki Cross. Naive, yeah. Into the unhinged ass kicker that we know is buried deep under there all along. Mm -hmm. We get to see kind of Alexa be this Palpatine-ish corrupting figure, and we get to see her try to bend Nikki from being a very Bailey-like character into something evil and using Bailey as the person to do it. And then on the other side of that, we go into what pay-per-view this month? Extreme Jewels. <laughs> Extreme Rules. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 
Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. What comes to mind when I say Bailey versus Alexa Bliss Extreme Rules? Uh, something to do with a candlestick and using it or not? Yes. The, the, the defining moment that broke this iteration of Bailey on the main roster. When Bailey cashed in Night of Money in the Bank, my complaint was what I had kind of fantasy booked in my head and presented on this show the week before got completely overlooked because I was saying this is an opportunity to look at what you made a mistake and fucked up in the past and correct it. Right. And when she just cashed in night of, it seemed to me that the expectation there was like, oh, they're just going to pretend that that stuff just never even happened. And they might be better off doing that. In a way. They have fully leaned into it here. Because they are telling me that I I do not need to see Bailey go through a process of changing. Bailey has already changed. And how are you going to get that across? By putting her in the exact situation where we all gave up on her and have her do something different this time. She's whack her which with a stick. I think is terrific storytelling for yep. all three of these women. I think that's very well said, and I agree. The The only wrinkle that, that I would add in there is that uh, I'm really hoping for an Alexa and Nikki double turn. Ooh. So Alexa comes out of this as the baby face, and Did Nikki watch- is uncontrollable as the monster heel. Did you watch any of the clips WWE put out uh, with Alexa talk, speaking very frankly this week about her eating disorder past? I haven't seen the 365 that she did, but I heard it was really good. I haven't watched the full 365, but they put three six, seven-minute clips up on their YouTube, and I watched all those. I think Alexa Bliss has a real story to tell as a baby face and could be extremely sympathetic if needed to. We know she has the mic abilities to do it. Yeah. And if, if Nikki Cross... Grabs that stick when Bailey won't do it. Maybe Alexa's being too bitchy to her from the outside, and Nikki Cross just unloads on both of them, and it ends in DQ. I feel like Nikki Cross is made off of that, and she is the the unhinged Dean Ambrose we never got, except in the female division. That's and honestly, they're still using a variation of the Sanity theme song when she comes out. Are they? Yeah. I didn't even notice that. It Does def- she still have the helicopters? Uh, no, but, okay. the, but like the actual... Music riff, is yeah. still the same riff from Sanity. It's modified a little bit to be less, like, I guess, psychotic on some level. But, like, <laughs> yeah. it's still there. And that's a heel's music. Yeah. You might, so you might be right about this in the end. I just think that for what all three characters need and how these people need to change to reinvest in them, this is doing a job that serves all three people well as characters and it's very rare you can look at a storyline within wwe and see like the way the narrative is structured in a very smart way that the storytelling is actually i would say pretty well done like you can say that the match wasn't that great it was just okay yeah pretty unremarkable but like describe it but like if you are coming to this show for character development plotting the kind of the like you know muscle jacked soap opera stuff that like 90s wrestling had the vibe of mm-hmm. i'd say this is the number one plot line on the show right now that i get is what delivering you mean by this. that it's the most attitude era-esque like a very clear story yeah and it's, like, it's good and the wrestling's kind of bad yeah it's like extremely <laughs> it's a really good but like the storyline is good. yes yeah no no i agree with you uh man man now i have a challenge for you a challenge are you up to a challenge yes so we just talked about heavy machinery versus Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, and we managed to, to talk about their characters, how this advanced them, what it did. Mm-hmm. We talked about Alexa Bliss and Bla- Bailey, and both of us have and Nikki Cross, how those three have interplay. I am challenging you to say two things positively about Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre and how it affected their characters. <sighs> These guys do not have chemistry. They have, I mean, it, the, not even chemistry in ring. They just have like when I'm seeing them lock up. 
my brain just switches off. I'm just like, I don't understand the stakes here. Well, when we talking about Drew McIntyre being a good wrestler, like doing good things in NXT and on the Indies and in Impact before that, how much of that is him wrestling NXT guys and other indie guys? Because my impression of that match is just like WWE house style does not mix with WWE house style. It, like it's, that's that, an interesting the, point. The, I watched that match and I got the same vibe off of it that I would have watching Triple H versus Randy Orton. Or Roman Rusev comes to mind for that like, too. I, but even that was better, I thought. Like Some of them. Yeah. Some of them were pretty slow. That's true. Yeah, I think there is something really to that that you do need one of these – Indie-rific dudes in there to... Just a different style. Like, Roman works well when he's playing well off of people that are coming at a match from a different place than he is. I was really down on this match. Not even, like, as a match, but it's just, like, this emblem of what the fuck happened. What happened to post-cancer Roman Reigns feeling like this huge baby face? What even happened to no one wants top baby face treat him like a heel Roman Reigns? Like, I don't know what this Roman Reigns is, except that he's just default against the McMahons like it feels like he has been for a decade and that he's wrestling again, a guy that I've seen him beat recently over and over. I just, I I don't think it's on me that I couldn't get into this match. I really don't. I'm going to absolve myself of guilt. It's just like, I don't know what's on the plate here that seems tasty. Like, it's gruel again. You know, and all the things that we've complimented in the storyline week to week have all been related to the the heel faction, yeah, which I felt like barely played a role in this well, match at all. I will say I thought Shane the, was only a factor in like two spots in this match. Maybe this is just more to your point about WWE style versus WWE style, but I did think this picked up a little bit in its last six seven minutes with the yeah, Shane involvement. That, that's when and, Shane gets on gets involved. He gets on the apron. <laughs> he takes a Superman punch. Takes another Superman punch. Yeah. So on, etc. Like yes, it did pick up from there, but that's the only time Shane gets involved, and like. There was nothing to, to grab on. No revival, no Elias. Yeah, you've spent the better part of two months trying to convince me to care about this heel faction around Shane McMahon, and when it's supposed to count, these guys are nowhere to be found. I'd love to know what McIntyre was thinking about all this, because like, he seems like a guy that was just so poised to be like the guy, and now he's just in shitty faction three. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know people like the Dolph pairing. You can have it. <laughs> and then the Lashley and Corbin one. I saw some people defending it. <laughs> Have fun. And now with the Lashley the, Corbin one, I got no time for that. And now this, it's just like I, I just they've never presented him as anything interesting, so why would I treat him as interesting? But JMO, this card did not get any better no, as we move not. on no, it did not. to Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage. Oof. Great finish. Interesting finish. Yes. New finish, Unique. different finish. Unique finish. For those who may not have seen, they, they tease that uh, one of them's going to escape through the door for about 45 minutes of the match. And then uh, eventually, Dolph, I, I mean, Kofi sells for a moment and then jumps over Dolph through the second and third rope as Dolph is also trying to escape and Kofi's feet hit the floor first. I had never seen it before. It was interesting. And in the moment, I didn't think it was going to happen. So I was like, oh, it sort of woke me. But I mean, the first 19 minutes of this match were. At the same time, though. Like, I got to say, you know, and you said this as well. I think you tweeted this from the Top Marks account. Mm. Like, Dolph Ziggler reliably is a good person to do moves on. Like, he's going to make your spots look great. I I said that about the SOS. That's one of my favorite SOSs I've ever seen. One of the best SOSs in history. Uh, And, yeah, Dolph can take finishers for sure. Uh, But you got to be able to do more than that. I mean, who – okay. Who are these people still defending? Dol- where? Yeah, what are I we looking even. at? I what can't are we, even. Where? What is the thing that I'm supposed to like about Dolph Ziggler at, at, this, at point? this point? For me, it's like 
yeah, at a, at a time, there was a time in my life, if I go back to like high school days where you ask me what my favorite band in the world is, I'm yeah. going to say Incubus. Right. Would I say that my favorite band in the world is Incubus right now in of 2019? Course of course not. Dolph Ziggler is Incubus. I mean, at least Incubus can still play the hits. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't think of enjoying a Dolph Ziggler match since that triple threat with Dillinger and AJ. I literally can't. Like, yeah. I can't think of any match I've enjoyed him in since that. And he's been wrestling. Yeah, no, he just feels like nothing now. And they, and it's so easy to write off whatever he's doing because you know exactly. they don't take him seriously, so he, why should I? He's a stakes remover. When he's in a match, you just know you're going to get the yell, cry promo. It's and exactly what I was saying. What we were talking about, Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin right. and Becky Lynch and uh, Lacey, Evans. Lacey Evans, Dolph Ziggler is the exact same slot f- for that for – Kofi. It's, ex- it's exactly like when Brian won the titles at WrestleMania 30 and his first feud was It's Kane! <laughs> the monster Kane has come for your wife! Yeah, well, how'd that go? <laughs> it's, it looks like they're still married. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, JMO, as negative as I felt about this match, Kofi Kingston exiting that and moving to a title program with Samoa Joe still has me very invested in this belt. I'm willing to overlook the Saudi Arabia and the second thing. I'm still into the Kofi Kingston title run. I love the Brian match, and I'm excited for Joe. So let's go. Yeah, and honestly, look, like, uh, it's clear to me that because this always happens, it must be that they come up with, like, the best possible pairing for whoever their new big top champion is. And then they're like, Oh, we can't do that yet. <laughs> That's, I mean, that is what it feels like. It's like, oh, well, let's, let's hold off. It's like, let's not fucking hold yeah. off. Like, if you're accepting that something is B tier, why would you show it to your audience? Exactly. If you have in your mind that there are only two real money feuds for this person to have with the belt, you cannot save them for six months down the line because at that point, the person with the belt is not going to feel like a worthy champion That's anymore. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I just... I, I just don't get. I just and, to, and literally to do this with all of your hottest programs coming out of WrestleMania is like, what are we doing here? Well, don't worry, JMO. If you like get people being cooled off, I got a winner for you right here. Oh, boy. Seth Rollins beat Baron Corbin in our main event in a no countout, no disqualification match with Lacey Evans as the guest referee. Lacey Evans as the guest referee doing the uh, Rougeau spots yep. from New Blood Rising. That's exactly right. Where you just, oh, the, because the ref is on my side, the rules of the match just keep changing. Well, and Corbin is the GM, so he also... But he's not anymore. He is, isn't he? Is he? <laughs> no, they got rid of GMs. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean... He was, he was the constable, then he was the assistant to the general manager. And he was just changing the rules on the fly. And the ref just Ugh. went along with that. Yeah, look, no, these th- that kind of match construction didn't work in a comedy match in the <laughs> mid-card yeah. of New Blood <laughs> Rising <laughs> in 2000. Yeah. An awful show from the death rattle of WCW in the year 2000. And that's what WWE put in their main event <laughs> in 2019. And listen, I've dumped on Seth Rollins a lot on this episode. I can't do it here because I don't know what wrestler on earth can have a good match with these parameters. And like, like, does we, it exist? Like we said last week, all the reports from the current house show circuit, everybody I know who's gone to house shows in the last month and a Including half. Including some listeners. I tell, think Blair Pacheco. Yeah, tells us that Seth and Corbin have been having a pretty good match at house shows. Well, but how are they supposed to have that match with Lacey just interfering all the time? Yeah, I mean, th- no one can do it. No, like, who who's the best wrestler in the world? Kenny Omega, or whatever. Yeah. I don't think he's the best one, but the, he's sort of the default answer, mm-hmm. right? You could put Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada. 
and with how Lacey Evans as the guest referee doing slow counts and the rules constantly changing, the yeah. match sucks ass. It's not gonna be good. And and what hope in hell does Seth Rollins and and uh, Baron Corbin have of achieving that? And honestly, look, like I I was watching the match when you got here. We had like the funniest coincidence in the world. I was dying because I it was like we need to skip to doing the show now. Yeah. So I know how this is gonna go. Let me just skip to the finish because I want to see Becky come out. So we pause on uh, Lacey Evans doing a slow two count where she stops. And then we fast forward a little bit. And stop again. And what's Lacey Evans doing? She's doing a slow two count where she stops counting again. And Seth looks at her like, man, come on. Again. I mean, man, come on again was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking as this somehow. And listen, Madman, I think that if this was. What some... are the odds, though, that I land on the same <laughs> spot twice in a row? <laughs> I mean, it tells the whole story, doesn't yeah. it? And I mean, listen, if this is in the, the middle of your card and not for your title. Okay. There's. You're trying to get some characters over. I, 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 there's a way of doing it that I'm sort of like, okay, I see what this is. But look, like when Becky came out and beat her down, that might have been the hottest reaction of just about anything we've seen yeah. in this Becky Lacey feud. Well, it probably was. So, but but are you willing to sacrifice your main event of a pay per view for a three minute spot where Becky gets some fire beating up a heel? No. Of course not. And no not, one should be willing no to. No one is willing to. I, I thought that they were doing it so they'd extend it to Raw on Monday, and we get the mixed tag in the main event of Raw, and I was like, no. All right. Well. No, because you thought you thought Stomping Grounds felt like a, an okay Raw or an okay SmackDown. Here comes Extreme no, Rules. we're getting a two titles on the line intergender tag match main event at Extreme Rules. I just want to say the one wrinkle that they could do to this match that would maybe get me to defend it a little bit more is, like, I just don't know how the two matches I've seen like this have the heel losing. Like, if you can choose all the rules and the ref is on your side, you look like an absolute numbskull if you can't pull off a win there. How did Baron Corbin not manage to beat Seth Rollins? How are we ever going to buy this guy? How did Baron Corbin not just, like, put on a uh, submission and Lacey did a screw job. Or anything. Like he, here's here's Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans challenging for these belts again. Baron Corbin couldn't get it done the first time with every rule and the referee on his side. It's like where what am I what am I watching this for? Couldn't get it done at uh, Saudi Arabia either. No. Drives me mental, man. So it's just it's they're all getting their third kick at the can now. I hope they get zero more kicks at any cans ever, and all four of them get fired. <laughs> Becky included. Fire them! Wow. Up. Flush them! I'm wow. sick of this shit. Uh, so it's just some take some bad tweets, and Josh is just done with you. <laughs> Yoshirai is now your raw women's <laughs> champion. Uh, Mad Ed Shada Baszler is your SmackDown. Uh, Madman, how about we uh, take some negativity? We turn it into some positivity as we jump into the. Uh, well, should we do a quick preview of Fighter Fest? Yes, because yes, we should. You're right. Look, I know we've ran long. It's already been an hour and three, or hour and four, hour five minutes, whatever it happens to be. Whatever it is. Um, but like that's coming up this Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I think we should just do a quick once over of the card because look, this is not a marquee card. There are not a ton of big, big matches on it. I don't think the top half has some stuff you might be more interested in than you're guessing. Let me run through it real quickly. Sure. So the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega taking on the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. That sounds pretty good. That'll be all right for I me. I don't know Laredo Kid that well. But He's, uh, I, I, you've seen a match of him is at my place before. I forget which one we watched. Okay, uh, well, I know that when he got uh, added to that match, the right people got excited yeah, about it. Yeah, So exactly. I feel like I should be at least, you know, optimistic. And I like the other five guys, so let's go. I just feel like I know what this match is going to be already. That's probably degree. true, yeah. But then you get to your co-main. Big Dick John Moxley taking on Joey Janela, my most anticipated match in ages. Yeah, raring to go for this, this one. Is the, this is the match I'm most looking forward to all month. 
May I say that I have some hesitancy about how it might be, though? I don't know if it's because I love both of these guys. Do you ever have this where it's like you like something so mm -hmm. much that you become like hesitant for yeah, it? Yeah, it's like when a band I like is getting ready to put out a new album, and I'm like, ah, I'm and, scared. And like, the single sounds like kind of <laughs> mediocre. You're like, oh, motherfucker, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a 30-year-old man, and the worst thing that can happen to me is my a favorite band will put out a new record. I think, and it's like there's no stip here, and Janela definitely does do a little better in extreme matches. But 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 that all said, just the the dynamic of seeing these two lock up, I just have fear that it might be a little more lighthearted than I'm hoping it is. That's my fear. But okay. but we'll 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 get to it. I don't think they're gonna do that though. I think the goal right now is to keep Mox like pretty effing serious. I who I mean who's denying that? We're picking Mox to win here, right? Yeah, no big way. Time, absolutely. I think I think Janela does get one on him eventually. Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't think it's coming for another year and a half. Yeah, you don't cool off mocks right now uh cody versus darby allen i think both of us are darby allen fans i yep, think he has a very high ceiling excited, some great promos excited, lately excited to get him put on a platform like this another one where it's kind of hard for me to imagine these guys matching up like cody and darby allen's styles are so different but maybe that'll turn into something tremendous we'd be really excited to watch that one and then the last one that i would say i'm quite excited for is hangman page and jungle boy taking on jimmy havoc and mjf in a match that could be called the guys who were on that segment on Double or Nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the baby faces fighting the heels. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Um, Jim, Jimmy Havoc is on the heel side of this? That's right, yeah. Havoc and MJ. Oh, it's sorry, it's... I I, I, it could be a four-way here, I actually. It, I think it is a four-way. Yeah, it looks more like a four-way. My I, bad. I did not get the impression that Havoc was uh, be positioned as a heel. Certainly not a heel who would partner up with MJF anyways. Yes, I'm, I'm mistaken. It's three it, versus it, signs. It, yeah, it is. It is a four-way match. It is the four guys who were involved in that title debut with Bret Hart. Uh, I am excited about this. To me, this is the match on this card that tells us the most about what uh, AEW television will look like. Oh, that yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly why you're saying that. And the, these are probably going to be your key players there. And I like most of these guys. And I, I won't say I'm super familiar with Jungle Boy, but like the pieces I've seen have been good. So yeah. I'm not terribly familiar either. Either than uh, sorry, other than the fact I know he gets hot reactions from basically every indie crowd he plays in front right. of. And just uh, you know, Luke Perry, man, that that photo yeah. of Luke Perry watching his son wrestle that came out after he died, man. That's awesome. That stuff. is like that is a great piece of photojournalism, wrestling or otherwise. The last one match I want to talk about here, JMO, is Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jabaley, who I don't know, but it's a hardcore match. Okay. And I if I'm wrong on this, I'm so wrong, so I apologize because I don't. I'm not googling it while we're on the show. But I believe Michael Nakazawa, if he's the deathmatch wrestler I'm thinking of, does like a bunch of T-shirts for wrestlers you like. He makes like cool Josh Barnett T-shirts and Minoru Suzuki T-shirts. I don't know if this is the same guy, okay. but he has this great Josh Barnett white shirt where it says like "Too tough to live, too young to die." Something. It's really cool. Uh, I think this is probably the same Michael Nakazawa because I know a deathmatch wrestler did that, and this is a hardcore match. So maybe I'll finally know what this man looks like. And, all right, uh, all right. Know him for more than a T-shirt. So there you go, Fighter Fest. Is that that's the whole card? No, there's a few more, but I don't know if you want. Do you want me to read them sure, off? Sure, just list them off, just so I can know what's coming up. Yuka Sakazawi versus Rio versus Nyla Rose. All right, triple threat. So we're mixing up some of our women's matches, getting the North Americans involved with the Japanese. Chris Daniels versus Sima. I'm into that. I thought both of those guys were very good at Double or Nothing. And Skew versus Best Friends versus Private Party. The winners get a first-round bye to the AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament. Ooh, I like that. That should max up, match up well. You know how I feel about triple threat tag matches. They only go one of two ways. They're either all-times greats or they're stinkers. Let's see where this one lands. True, true. What was the third uh, team in that? Uh, private Party. Ask me who they are. Who are they? I don't know, JMO. I have no. They're, they're private. You don't. You don't okay. pry on this sort of Interesting. thing. Interesting. I thought that was the one of the stipulations. 
No, I thought you were advancing to the private party. Well, that, that's the. Let's just keep it private. How about that, Jamo? <laughs> and now let's move on to the listener mailbag. Jamo, and our first one this week comes to us from Yowie Wowie, friend of the show, Boofer OC, Brandon O'Connor. I mean, our, our graphic design man, the man with the plan. The I mean, you couldn't say enough. You could spend the rest of your life trying to say good things about Brandon O'Connor and not run out of things to say. And he asks, if professional wrestling had a Mount Rushmore, who would it include? Limit it to North America if easier. Limit it to North America. Yeah. Professional wrestling's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So four faces. Four faces. Dusty Rhodes. One. Ric Flair. Two. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Three. John Cena. Mmm. I go Terry Funk, Sandman, Mick Foley, Joey Janela. Okay. Uh, no, for an actual Mount Rushmore, I'd probably go Hogan, Flair, Austin Cena. Yeah. Something like that. It feels weird not having The Rock on there. He's just outside of that elite I know, tier, I feel I like. Know. But yeah, I don't know. I, I figured I couldn't pick Hogan because I felt like I'd gone heavy on the classics already with uh, Dusty, Flair and Dusty. Yeah. So, but it's hard. That's a very. It's always hard. It, well, this is the thing about Rat Mushroom. So you're asking me like important because the people. My list there are the people who are like most influential to the style of wrestling I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, mileage will vary. But there's some answers for you. Yeah, I mean, I if I were to do my own personal, I probably would have to find room for Daniel Bryan. But I, I like you know, and I'm being honest about what is real and what had an effect on the business. It's probably the four guys I listed. Yeah, or just four CM Punks. Uh, next one, JMO comes to us from. Uh, <laughs> Captain Matt Rainus, the band from Twitter, Captain Matt Rainus, oh the Top Marks Listener of the Year 2018, using a different account. I'm not going to say what it is uh, because we're going to keep it kayfabe so that he doesn't get banned again. But he asks, if you could take one wrestler's in-ring ability and one wrestler's character work and promo skills and mold them into one wrestler far superior to the original two, which two guys would you smash together? A million ways you can go with this one, Madman, but I'm going to go with – I'm going to take – a great ring worker in his own right, but uh, uh, Mick Foley, I'm taking his, his promo, his character work, and then all that comes along with that, the ability mm-hmm. to jump characters, be a genuine good actor within the, the pro wrestling space. And I'm going to slide him into a bit more of a, a modern wrestling style. I don't want him to change up too much, but I want it, you know, a little bit a little bit nouveau, if you like. I'm going to stick him inside Kyle O'Reilly, a guy who can do the mat wrestling, but you can attest locally, can also do the hardcore stuff in and take the bumps. So Mick Foley, promo. Kyle O'Reilly, character work. Okay, I'm, I'm approaching this kind of like a being John Malkovich situation. Okay, yep. Where, like, it's uh, it's like live human puppeteering. Mm-hmm. You're putting someone's brain inside of the body of another. So I believe what what Matt was asking was, like, taking somebody's, uh, you know, outside the ring skills and giving them to somebody's in-ring yeah. package. What I'm going to do is put someone's brain inside someone else's body. Which so you're not answering you the question. Well, well, that's sort of what you did, though. No, I I'm making like. one wrestler. Yeah, yeah. The that's abilities what, of Kyle that, O'Reilly in-ring. and the That's what I'm doing, too. But okay. I feel like when I put their brain inside them, it's not just their, like, on the mics and character work. It's kind of also their psychology as well okay. a little bit. Because right. that's what I think of, like, the mental side of sure. wrestling. He's changing your question, well, Matt. No, I tried to uh, stop him. Look, look. I tried to stop him. I think, I think my answer applies to the... To, to the original question okay. as well. I'm going to uh, send uh, Kurt Angle in, oh. his, in his old age. Uh, Kurt Angle is, of course, too old to go at this point, but he still has, well, maybe a sharp mind might not be the right way to put it. He mm. was at one time a sharp mind. He's, he's got a mind. Yes. We think. And uh, I was going to put him inside the body of Seth Rollins. 
because mm. I feel like Seth Rollins with like the character and promo ability and psychology of Kurt Angle yeah. is like a legitimate perfect wrestler. It's really good. But I think I'm going to change my answer on the fly here and oh. and say <laughs> and say Chad Gable's body instead. Oh wow! Just put the the wow. brain of Kurt Angle into Chad Gable so that Kurt can just like do his career it, over again. It's a it's Kurt's shot at immortality. Okay, so so hear me out here. I do yeah. love that answer. Yeah. But could it be true that like Chad Gable might be better at that shit than Kurt? Angle? I don't think he is. I don't think he is better. Not better. At, like, I shouldn't say better. I'm, I think he's better than he's given the opportunity yeah. to prove. I th- if that's what you're saying, I agree. But I think Kurt was a generational talent at comedy and uh, like he was he could do everything on the mic he could be dramatic he could be a baby face he could be a heel he could be a joke yeah. his comedy work is exceptional oh well i don't think kurt rangle is the best wrestler ever i think he's the be- most well-rounded wrestler ever i think that's bang on correct he, i would agree I, i've never heard somebody be able to give me a convincing argument to the contrary what style of match have you seen him in that he can't work what role can't he do so i just think you know every generation is going to serve up a a a body like uh, Chad Gable, yeah. a vessel in the Chad Gable mold. You're just keeping it going. And Kurt Angle will transfer from body to body as Could, the years go on. And he, his body may die, but Kurt's mind will live forever. Could it just be part of winning an Olympic medal? Like the prize is you earn Kurt Angle's brain? Like you, they lobotomize you if you win a, an American wrestling. It, I don't know if it's a prize. It seems like sort of a venom situation where like he your just, medal just like seeps into your right. brain at night. You wear, you put yeah. on the medal, your it's neck a, starts it's hurting. It's symbiote. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jay Moore, Maybe that's how he hurt his neck, carrying that medal around. Hey now. I think he made that joke too, all the time. Too many golds. Our next question week come to us, JMO, from at Doug Crap. It's our guy. It's at Doug, Doug Crap. Crap. And I got to say, JMO, I was let down by some of our, our dear friends who we love today because there were some responses to this question that I found tremendously unsavory. Really? As Doug asks, one has to go. So he sends a picture of four wrestlers, and you must get rid of one of these wrestlers. Okay. Kazuchika Okada. Andrade Cianamas. Tetsuya Naito. Orange Cassidy. Come on! It's Orange Cassidy. Of course it's Orange Cassidy! What the fuck are we talking about here? Yeah, as much as you love Orange Cassidy, it's it's for sure Orange Cassidy. Guys, I mean, what are we talking about here? Orange Cassidy is great. I love Orange Cassidy. You love Orange Cassidy. By the end of Mania weekend, I was like, okay. Another Orange Cassidy match. I'm kind of good on seeing this again. You're going to... And and the unanimous response, J-Mo, was Okada. They would get rid of... Oh, did you guys see fucking Okada Omega? The, the, his running... Maybe the best title reign in wrestling look, history. When we're we keeping st- Orange Cassidy. When we start doing this show... What are we talking show, about? When we start doing this show, I'm not convinced on Okada. Right. My first exposure to Okada, I'm not convinced on Okada. Right. I'm here telling you. The last year of this show... I love Okada. He loves Kazu. I mean, but but listen, even regardless of what you think about these four wrestlers, genuinely, you don't get to see Orange Cassidy, and when you do, besides when he gets forty minute matches, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like you're, you're gonna never watch a Kazuchika Okada the match guy, again. The guy's got one match. Go, 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 just watch the Orange Cassidy matches that exist already. Yeah. Like you, you can't. <laughs> you're gonna never see a new Kazuchika Okada match. That's I mean, what crazy. guys? What? I, I mean, come on. What? What are we doing here? That's offensive. I think they were just trying to get you riled up. And they were? They were trying to. <laughs> did they work me into a shoot? <laughs> absolutely they did. Am I a jabroni mark? Possibly, yes. I think absolutely you just might be. <laughs> j next question this week comes to us from at Max Freeze. It's a dear friend of the show, Max Freeze, and one of the best living people. And he asks, will Fighter Fest be good? There's a couple questions, so I'm going to do it one at a time okay, here. Okay? okay. Will Fighter Fest be good this weekend? From the card that you just read to me, 
I will say yes. Yes, I think good for sure. Especially for a, for a free show. Yes. You're going to have a very good time watching that. What happens when AEW doesn't have a banger show? This is this is the very interesting thing to me, and it follows up with, will the hype die quickly, or do they have the foundation to go the distance? I think I have a unique take on this that people aren't going to especially like. I, I think this might be a fan base that can turn on something quickly. I think they have more fan goodwill than anything right now, but I do think their fans are a group of people who like to complain about wrestling in general. Yeah, the internet is notoriously, in the words of Daniel Bryan, Fickle! <laughs> so, yes, absolutely, they can turn on something. but Not as soon as Fighter Fest. If Fighter Fest is bad, I think people are still fired I, up about I, AEW. I think even if uh, you know, Fight for the Fallen, if that's bad, I think there's still probably goodwill yep. left over there. I think the desire to see something succeed on television that's not WWE yeah. gives them kind of like a one-year grace period from yep. when they get to TV. You could well be right. I, I just... I. And again, I could be easily wrong about this. I just think it's a f- specific fan base that I'm. But I guess they're not dying to go back to WWE, and I think that'll keep them with some favor. But yeah, it's, I think it's a really interesting question, though. Like, what what will this look like if they don't keep turning out bangers? But maybe they just will. I mean, yeah. I th- as long as there is something on that card that delivers on a level unlike anything you're seeing elsewhere on television or in WWE or whatever, as long as there is something. That doesn't necessarily need to be on the level of a Cody versus Goldust. Right. But just something that, like, is so radically different and good from what you're getting served in other places. I think they're probably in a good place. Yeah, what's the thing people will be talking about the next day? they got to have something of that, right? And this time out, I think it will be Moxley Janela. Jamo, I know we got to wrap here, but let's try and get through a few more of these quickly because we did get a lot this week. And I'm sorry in advance for those of you who aren't making it. Don't don't tweet me some little joke about oh I like it when I it's like I know I'm sorry can't make them all can't read them all can't read them all uh, it comes to us from the Crystal Daddy Scoots Brodo at Scoots Brodo and he asks by some mistake on Twitter's part you're allowed to send one DM to Seth freaking never logs off Rollins and he has to read it what do you say to him to get him to cool it and log off for a bit <laughs> what would you DM Seth for the, I mean all I would say. Is five words. Go ahead. Hang on. Uh-oh. Six, six, six words. <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah. Six words. Go ahead. I would say six magic words to pa- to uh, to Seth Rollins, and that would get him to reconsider all of his behavior. Okay. I would say, think of your pop culture <laughs> moment. <laughs> You son of a bitch. Is this what you want your pop culture moment to be, Seth? Is it? Is it? Think of your pop culture moment. And and he would log off. I think that would do it. I think he'd be scared straight. I would just send him his own dick pic, but with the the penis actually censored out, because I don't think it's good that that leaked, but he would know that Uh. it's that photo. And over the black bar, I would say, you're being a dick. You could just put one of his own tweets on the black bar as the black bar that censors out the day. Yeah, maybe make it less obvious, and yeah. he sort of has to suss it out for himself. Oh, Jamo, we can't skip this one, as we have another hashtag calling classic Oh, here. this one was fantastic. My lord. This this might be one of the best questions asked in the history of Top Marks. I genuinely believe mm-hmm. that. It is, it genuinely. Is, I, yeah, it, it is every little bit deserving of the Colin Classic moniker. So here it is. From at Colin the Comic, John Cullen. You're forced to wrestle a match without any training, but it's with someone who could reasonably drag you to an okay match, and he cites Omega, Gargano, whoever. Chad Gable. <laughs> oh, with Kurt Angle's brain. Yeah. 
the only condition is you have to be in one of the following. I can't get through this without laughing. You have to be in one of the following states. Which do you choose? You ready, JMO? Here's your four options. I already know how I'm voting, but yes, read the options. Hammered drunk, but still physically capable. The most high you've ever been on marijuana. Sober, but the moment before you have to wrestle the match, someone close to you has died. And fourth and finally, sober, but for the remainder of your life, your match is a running joke with wrestling fans. And he goes on to say that, like, you cannot escape this torment. Everywhere you go, someone is reminding you of this bad match. Okay. I'm going to take the fourth option. Okay. The bad, the legendarily bad match that haunts you. Okay. And the reason that I'm going to pick this is because that match will carry so much notoriety that 15 years from now, (laughs) when I'm slugging away on the indies in death matches at bar (laughs) wrestling, (laughs) people are going to be like, wow, that guy who had that shitty match all those years ago. He wasn't just a tool. No, they won't. Because for the rest of your life, it's for the rest of your yeah, life, yeah. every wrestling fan just goes, bah, ha, ha, you suck. Uh, no, they, they, okay, read it again. It says they, they, the match hangs over you. No, here, no, now you're, I screenshotted it. I, I, now you're making me go pull up the full thread here, but all no, right. I'm I'll, sorry, I'm I'll sorry. I'll read it, I'll read exactly I what I need it to was. know the full, uh, <laughs> the full, I thought I explained The full you. breadth of the rule here, because I feel okay, like here, my commitment. Stop. For the last point. Assume that if you choose one of the first three, your match is talked about and then forgotten. If you choose the last one, you're accosted every time you attend every wrestling event. You're made fun of on Twitter weekly, and every wrestler you're around acknowledges it. So there's no possibility that I can David Arquette myself. I just don't know how I can be any clearer about these parameters. (laughs) I've read it to you twice. But, like, David Arquette's matches are bad, and everyone acknowledges that those matches are bad forever. But Mm -hmm. we've come around to respecting him. There's mm-hmm. no possibility that I can be respected in the fourth option. Would you like me to read it again? <laughs> Every time you attend okay, a wrestling fine, event. I get it. I got it. Uh, you keep trying to change the questions this I, week. I'm not trying to change the questions. Just when I think I got the answers, you change the questions. Roddy Piper. I want to be I want to be David Arquette. That's what I'm revealing. And, and you're saying David Arquette has bad matches. I'm not sure I agree with that. Back in the day, he certainly did. What? I mean, the Tower of Doom in uh, WCW. It's a classic <laughs> it's horrible, match. Classic what match. are you talking about? Four-star classic. Come on. <laughs> um, I would love to be David Arquette. That's like the dream. Yeah. Because he's now like accepted as like one, a god among fans. It is so awesome. He is, the, he is the, the fans' champion, which is like the biggest turnaround imaginable. So that if I could have that, that's what I would want number yeah. four to be. But if I can't have that, if I'm a joke forever, then I guess I might go with someone just died. Oh. I'll go with the crying in the ring option. <laughs> You're just like so morose. I'm the cry guy that like had that match with AJ Styles back in the day. Yeah, look like crying is part of my brand in the first place. Yeah, so there you not? go. Yeah, yeah that, that it makes some sense. I just the, the one part of that that I don't like is that it's like the button, you know, that uh, or the box rather. Oh yeah, with yeah. James Marsden yeah. and, and Cameron Diaz. Didn't I feel, love that. Movie. I feel like by by intentionally picking that option, it's like am, me who dies. I'm forcing someone I love to die. Yeah, who would not have died. You are. So maybe I go with the weed option then. Well, I think you're like me here, where the highest you've ever been on marijuana just isn't an option. Yeah, like, that's not. I'm not going to be capable. Like, you can put me in a six way with Kazuchika Okada, Tetsuya Naito, Kenny Omega, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and Andrade Cien yeah. Almas. And if I'm the highest I've ever been on marijuana, 
I can't move. <laughs> like, and, like, if I show up to wrestle a match drunk, even if I'm, like, able-bodied still, like, not super fucked up. Yeah. Like, look, that's the dirt sheet said. That's what fucking Foxy did. Alicia Fox showed up to work drunk. And she's been like banished. I don't. I feel like I'd be a bigger laughingstock among the boys and among the industry, the business that I love and respect. The business. If I picked number one, than if I picked number four. Sure, I get what you're saying. So I'm gonna go with uh, someone dies. There we go. You died, Josh. I'm sorry. Right? I understand. But if you you pick number match. three, I might die. Yeah, that's true. I do die if you pick number three. I would never do that. Uh, I am picking. Well, in this scenario. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be. Of you course, yeah. No, you're not. You're it. not murdering me. Of it course, just no. happened to be. Yeah. You did have some say in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got five picks of yeah. people that it could <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. You, you got some votes. You would have been number six. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got bumped. Um, <laughs> no, Jamo. This this might be this might be the Portuguese heritage, but I'm getting drunk, man. I, yeah. I think I think. Listen, you're Alicia Fox in this bitch. Can I shoot on this show? Yeah, do it. When I fight in real life and I'm drunk, I'm, I, I do seem to be able to absorb pain in uh, a way that you're just sort of feeling things, right? Yeah. So when that happens, I feel like I could maybe work like a hardcore match. I'm not saying, listen, it'd still be a one-star match to be clear. Okay. But but I think if I'm drunk, I might have some fun with it. Oh, I'm going to feel this in the morning. Now throw me through this table, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Uh, so I'm picking uh, d- drunk, but let me tell you, and I think you agree, running through these options in your mind was a great deal oh, of fun. Absolutely. Real, really. I really thought that I could be David Arquette for a little bit there. I'm sorry. You can be David I... Arquette to me. Oh, thank you. You can be David Arquette to me. Just right before you die. That's <laughs> the last word. <laughs> yeah. You're David Arquette. You're David Arquette. That's exactly what I would. And then you, you like turn to dust, like the people who get snapped by Thanos. And just like Thanos making the show dis- or people disappear, I'm going to make the show disappear. As that will do it for this week here on Top Marks. Jmo, hell of a show this week. Hell of a show this Very week. Very fun. You love to do record it. You love to do it. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and enjoy Fighter Fest. Anything you want to get off your chest before we send them home? Uh, not not really. Yeah, enjoy Fighter Fest. I hope you have a, a hell of a Saturday. Thank you uh, so much for listening to this. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much if you've already done it, if you haven't, if you've been meaning to do it, for heading on over to the iTunes store, which I know is now called Apple Podcasts. Oh, yes. Or wherever you happen to get your podcasts and rating and reviewing the program. That is much appreciated. Thank you for everything. I could not be here uh, being on the cusp of taking a radio show to the airwaves uh, wrestling-wise without uh, all of your support over these years. And that goes triply, quadruply, a million times. It's all six, you. 6,000 I don't want to hear it. All you. man right here. And so until next week, pepperoni sticks, say yeah! See any movies this week? Uh, I didn't, actually. Unless, did I talk about The Dead Don't Die last week? I think. Yeah, I did. you did that, and I did Dragged Across Concrete. Yeah, I was. I had passes to go see Toy Story 4, but I was too tired to do it. it well, how, are the reviews out for that? It's, um, I've heard it... It's gotten good reviews, but it has been in like a box office, mm. I won't say flop, but not a success to the level that they were expecting. Not surprising to me, man, because I feel like like I felt no draw to go see it, and that's a series where I like the trilogy. Yeah, I like all three movies so far. I wanted to see the fourth one. I probably still will. Yeah. But I just I had passes to, to go, and I was like, oh, boy, I'm tired. I didn't do it. Uh, forthcoming, I think we, we can say this if we end up doing it. Uh, our dear pal Jordan Descharm back in town, the great comedian. 
Tournament of Death happened on Sunday. Uh, I think we might. The stars are aligning. It looks like we might do a recap of the, I think, one of the more favored Patreon episodes where we forced just or uh, Jordan Desharm and I a bit more comfortable with the death matches, but we'll have uh, Madman Morissette squeal his way through Look, it. I'll be honest with you. I got three days off in a row right now. If you want to watch the Tournament of Death on Friday or Saturday and record a show with Desharm, say yeah. Say yeah. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!